This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time to turn our attention to headlines coming out of the United States. We've got highlights from the final hearing of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, plus China reacting to the U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi's possible trip to Taiwan, and a heat wave hitting the country. How's it been affecting the lives of Americans? Let's get some context on these headlines and more with Nirmal Ghosh, U.S. Bureau Chief for the Straits Times. Good morning, sir. Let's talk about this one. Nielsen data that's come out. Nearly 18 million people watched the final congressional hearing into the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol last week. Nirmal, what were some of the key takeaways from this latest trial? And what do we know so far about former President Donald Trump's inaction during the 187 minutes on January the 6th? What happens after this hearing? Hi, good morning. There will be more hearings in September, but we don't know how many and we don't have the dates yet. Apparently, these hearings have emboldened more people to offer information to the committee, hence those additional hearings. As for takeaways, this last hearing showed that Donald Trump ignored advice and even pleas from his inner circle to call off the mob, even as he was watching them on TV rampaging inside the Capitol and in fact threatening to hang his own vice president because Mike Pence had refused to reject the electoral college votes. In fact, radio talk aired for the first time showed that Mike Pence's security detail feared both for him and for their own lives. While Donald Trump was watching this mayhem, he was calling senators, apparently, those who he thought might still help him overturn the results of the election. It was roughly three hours before the president, who was watching this television coverage, finally recorded a video asking the mob to go home and, of course, adding, quote-unquote, we love you. And the next day, in another video message, the raw footage of the shoot shows him refusing to say the election is over. So the committee made the case that Donald Trump's plan was premeditated as well. The plan was apparently to declare victory no matter what the actual vote count was, and then say the election had been stolen. That's what the committee has made the case for. The committee repeatedly accused Mr. Trump of dereliction of duty, which is a criminal offense under U.S. military law. But though the president is commander-in-chief of the armed forces, he is still a civilian, and it is unclear if military law applies in this case. A few hours ago, we heard from committee vice chair Liz Cheney, who said Donald Trump was guilty of, quote, the most serious misconduct of any president in the history of our nation, unquote. She said that personally, she believed Donald Trump had violated his oath of office and his constitutional duty and is unfit for further office. Thanks for that, Nirmal. Plus, it looks like Republican views on the former U.S. President Donald Trump have darkened somewhat over the six weeks of televised congressional hearings related to the attack. What's your perspective on this? Cracks perhaps appearing in Trump's standing among the Republicans? I mean, where do you see this going? I mean, is it going to be a potential for causing some kind of political earthquake in the United States? Yes, Liz Cheney on Sunday also said the committee is still considering a criminal referral. It has not decided yet. She said in their view, Donald Trump committed at least two federal crimes. So there is a lot of speculation over this, as you can imagine. 
But the latest in terms of public opinion is that according to a very recent poll, just before this last hearing, about half of Americans think Donald Trump should face criminal charges. But just a quarter of Americans think he will actually be prosecuted. It also showed that while an overall majority blamed Trump for what happened that day, public opinion remains strongly divided along party lines. This is very important to understand because the overall number does not give you the best picture. So nearly all Democrats, 92% of Democrats and a majority of independents believe that he was to blame, but only about one in five Republicans blame Donald Trump for January 6th. Prosecuting Donald Trump will certainly harden divisions and most certainly inflame his most diehard supporters. So that fallout is worth considering. But on the other hand, there is the cardinal rule, which is that nobody is above the law. When the objective is rendering Donald Trump unelectable, it could have been done already. Reporting does suggest there is some weakening in support for Trump. Not a dramatic weakening, but some. And last Friday, by the way, Donald Trump and Mike Pence held rival campaign events in Arizona. Each backs a different Republican candidate there for governor. So this is going to be very interesting to watch. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Been speaking with Nirmal Ghosh, U.S. Bureau Chief for the Straits Times. Gasoline prices may be easing, Nirmal, but they're not falling fast enough for U.S. President Joe Biden. How does the exceptionally high prices of gas by historical standards represent a very visible sign of inflation? Although Janet Yellen saying this morning that the U.S. is not in inflation. I mean, could it hurt perhaps the Democrats' control of Congress? What does President Biden need to do to ease this situation? Well, gas prices feed into everything, and yes, that way they do underpin and drive inflation, which last month breached 9%. Gas prices have been coming down, but are still high. The nationwide average is still higher than a year ago. And Americans feel that on an individual and very measurable level when they fill up their tanks. Well, the White House is emphasizing this gradual decrease, but much more needs to be done and much more can be done in terms of tightening monetary policy, raising interest rates, tweaking energy policy and so forth. They are also waiting to see what comes out of the OPEC meeting next month. If OPEC raises production, then oil prices should come down. But there is one big problem that remains, and that is there is no sign of the war in Ukraine ending. And is inflation a factor in the midterms? Absolutely it is, possibly even the biggest factor in the midterms. All right. Normal China has supposedly issued stark private warnings to the Biden administration about a possible trip to Taiwan in August by U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Has the Biden administration reacted to this? Let's talk a little bit about the reasons why Pelosi is planning to visit Taiwan. And is there a possibility of this trip being cancelled? Yes, in the United States system, as we know, the president does not have the power to order a politician from a state to go or not to go on a foreign trip, much less the Speaker of the House. He can state his opinion and give advice, and it carries a lot of weight, but there is separation of powers here. This is a peculiarity or a technicality of the system which may or may not be fully understood outside the U.S., but even if it is fully understood, and I'm sure one is sure the Chinese government does, from a different perspective, 
This is just a technicality. It is the optics and the symbolism that matters. So the president has already said the military does not think it is a good idea for Nancy Pelosi to visit Taiwan. Such a trip, given the growing animosity between China and the United States, will certainly be seen by China as a provocation. Most national security and foreign policy analysts here in D.C. agree on that. An unnecessary provocation as well. We may see a conversation soon between President Biden and China's President Xi Jinping. This could throw a giant spanner into any detente that may hope to achieve. Nancy Pelosi has apparently been briefed by the Pentagon, and there has been no official announcement from her office either way on this trip, at least as of a few minutes ago. As to why she wants to go in the first place, she was asked about it, and she said it's important for us to show support for Taiwan. She clarified, though, she said none of us have ever said we are for independence when it comes to Taiwan. That is up to Taiwan to decide. There may be also some domestic element here. She is from California, of course, and Los Angeles and San Francisco and the Bay Area have sizable Taiwanese American populations. Final issue, Nirmal. Some 100 million Americans from New York City to Las Vegas are under heat warnings this week as temperatures rise well above 38 Celsius. The consequences of such a heat wave, I mean, how have the Americans been coping with this? Wildfires, I expect, will be happening as well. Where is the heat wave hitting the U.S. hardest, though? It is hitting hardest in the southeast. There are fires in Texas, in Arizona, all over really. But the biggest fire by far is the Oak Fire, which is near Yosemite National Park in Northern California. That started last week and has been growing very fast. On Sunday morning, it had grown to over 14,000 acres. That's around 60 square kilometers. Many thousands have had to be evacuated from their homes. As you can imagine, the smoke and smog from the fires is, of course, also a health hazard. In the cities, and that includes Washington, D.C., where I am, New York, even as far north as Boston, all of us are under record-breaking heat. You often see kids and adults in water parks cooling off. It was 37 degrees in D.C. earlier today. Now, this heat may be followed by strong winds and storms. This is going to be a very volatile summer, and there is going to be considerable economic loss as well. No estimates yet. But it has previously been estimated that worker productivity losses alone due to heat cost the United States an estimated $100 billion a year. Been speaking with Nirmal Ghosh, U.S. Bureau Chief for The Straits Times. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. 